Hey, you found us. Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. I'm Megan Fanning, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan. We created this podcast to continue the real conversations that we have when we get outside to run, bike, surf, climb, or whatever it is that you do. We love the real conversations when boundaries come down, because really, that's when it gets interesting. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an appropriate professional. What's up, Megan? How you doing? I'm so good now that I'm talking to you. How you doing, Sean? Dude, you're full of giggles. It's how I live, man. It's my mo. Okay. It's my got it's the, my middle it's my middle name. Got the Megan got the, Giggles. Got the so fucking we'll, we'll digress right off the bat here. Well, is it technically digressing if we didn't even start yet? I don't know. We're introducing, right? Like, um, but <laughs> one of my favorite all-time movies. That is like a arguably a garbage movie is Gleaming the Cube. Oh Christian God. Slater. Oh my like, God. That's I, a throwback. I, I fucking love it. Like it's like it takes me right back to childhood. Like but we had a coworker and he was he's like twenty it was probably twenty-four, twenty-five when he started with me and and my 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 other partner like on on shift, and his, like his throwback movie like for being a kid, and he's like twenty five, was Doctor Giggles. It is a <laughs> it's a it's a whole, like a a cheesy horror movie. I've never seen it, but he talked about like watching it at his parents' house like on laserdisc. Oh like, yeah, the giant, the giant fucking laserdiscs. Yep, I remember that. So, yeah. So you're now Dr. Giggles. I was traumatized as a kid when I watched The Exorcist. Now, remember, I was raised very, very Catholic. Um, So this movie really traumatized me. And I think I saw it in seventh grade. Um, I was having a sleepover at a friend of mine's and we watched it. We we knew we weren't allowed to watch it. And man. Dude, do you think you could make that scene? where she's using the cross to penetrate herself and saying, fuck me, Jesus, fuck me, Jesus, fuck me, Jesus, like in this day and age. I don't even know that we can put that on this podcast. <laughs> I think I might actually have to edit that out now. No Thanks, way, man. Sean. It's awesome. Just just roll with that. That is not, I mean, that's just, just a direct quote from the movie. Oh, geez, we got to like give people a warning. Boy, you just, <laughs> you just jumped right in today. Yeah. I get it. I got to think, I don't, yeah, I got to think about whether I can put that one. <laughs> so I, but as a kid, I didn't even understand that, but I mean, I was that young. And then the other movie that traumatized me seriously was the first nightmare on Elm street. That's another one I wasn't supposed to be watching. And I snuck and went and watched it anyway. And didn't sleep for a long time. <laughs> right. So I, when I was, when I was a kid and that was like, now I'm a few years younger than you, but when I'm a few the, years younger than you, well, those videos, like when they were out on VHS, like I got into, so I had a, <laughs> I was like seeing rated R movies on a regular basis by the time I was like eight years old, like in theaters and stuff with like my, my dad, like, <laughs> um, he actually took me to see RoboCop. I was like, I remember this scene play out in its entirety. I was like eight years old. We went to like the movie theater. He goes to buy the tickets. The lady's like, mm, this movie was almost rated X. Do you, you can't, you can't take him to that. And he goes, he's my son. I can take him where the hell he wants, like wherever the hell I want. Like, who are you to tell me? Just give me the tickets lady. And, uh, we watched RoboCop anyhow. So I watched a ton of those horror movies growing up as a kid. Like I saw all the nightmare on the streets, all the Friday the 13th, like never really got too into like Hellraiser 
Clyde Barker stuff might have like was like probably a little over like my head, but the slash and gore type stuff. I watched a watched a lot of that. Yeah, did you watch good. the remake of Hellraiser that just came out? I think it was last year. Um, did you see that? No, I don't. So I don't dig horror films. I don't oh, see. We, we I, watch a lot of we watch a lot of horror films, but Pinhead scares me. Yeah. Pinhead really, really, really frightens me. Um, and uh, and yeah, I thought the, I thought the remake was pretty good, but it may be because I was so traumatized as a kid because all these movies I watched, I wasn't allowed to watch and I did it anyway. Um, and yeah, it explains a lot of my issues. <laughs> yeah, I um, dude, yeah, I watched a ton of it. I we honestly, we don't. We're like that that meme that's like, um, the couple like sits down to like watch a fucking like should we watch a movie and it's like and it's like ah we don't have time to watch a movie I can't sit through a movie and then watches like seven episodes of something stupid like The Big Bang Theory in a row right like mm-hmm. yeah so you spend the same amount of time mm-hmm. but yeah we do that but a, but a movie feels like a commitment. A movie feels 100% like a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we we don't sit still very well, both of us, so it's pretty good. Because if it were just one of us, then it would always be an issue. But somebody inevitably has to get up for something. Like, I'll get up and go do something, and then I sit back down, and Bill's like, oh, I'm going to get up and get something to eat now. I'm like, oh, why didn't you do it when I was up? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then a kid will walk in, and then we'll have to mute it because they want to talk. And, yeah, it's just... <laughs> That is the worst, right? So we watch, it doesn't even matter what the fuck we're watching. We send our kids to bed, in quotes, <laughs> uh, um, at between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Like, listen, time for you guys to go get ready, go upstairs, leave us the fuck alone, right? Like, that's like kind of the long and short and that's of it. What, that's what you say? That's what you say to them? More or less, yeah. Um, <laughs> And so poor Finn and Fiona, he's so traumatized. Fee doesn't, Fee doesn't care. Finn probably cares way more than Fee. Um, and so we go and then inevitably five minutes later, back down question. Mm -hmm. Oh sure. Of course. 20 minutes later, another question, 30 minutes later, another question. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Every time you have to like, stop what you're Mm -hmm. like watching. (sighs) That's kids. Yeah. That's kids. The worst. <laughs> My kids are on spring break next week. You guys had it two weeks ago? No, just they got over. This is this their oh, first left. week back at school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I guess two weeks ago. Yeah. As we're going into the weekend here. Yeah. So, and I'm, yeah. So just trying to balance work and we have to do a college visit and sports and games and and yeah, and, and Bill's traveling, of course. So I don't know. Somehow, some way, all gets done. Yeah, there is a dude. The worst part about being on a normal work schedule now that like I have a normal work schedule is that I am in air quotes available for parent duty that I've never had to be available for before. <laughs> and it's like, it's my least, my least favorite thing. It's like, Oh, well now you can go bring Fiona to softball mm-hmm. practice or you can pick. And it's like, and honestly, my wife still shoulders most of the burden, but being available more frequently it like really like I'm like trying to like wedge things in. It's like, oh, I got to get my run in here. So I'll drop fee off. I'll run while she's at softball practice. I'll come back. I'll pick her up or I'll run from softball practice or maybe fee has to go to the library for 20 minutes and I'll pick her up after that. Or and then it's like, well, I got to do the grocery shopping in this time. Like it's just yeah, it's like so much more like wedging everything, even like this podcast. Right. So got up this morning. All I wanted to do was sleep in, Megan. Like, I don't get to do it. And it's like, got to get up, go out, get my run in, in this torrential downpour that we're having. Um, 
we'll jam this podcast in here and then it's like family time we're gonna go have lunch together as a family and go see the new super mario brother movie and it's just stuff that i never i was Mm -hmm. never gifted with before Mm -hmm. is that a nice way to put it gifted Gifted. absolutely i have an athlete who is running a 10k this morning actually probably right now is as we're recording and I texted him this morning and I said, I'm very eager to see your results today from today's race because I'm using this as a speed test because I wanted to compare it to a prior race that he'd done. And he said to me, he goes, well, he goes, I wouldn't be really expecting anything. It's pouring rain out. And I said, okay. I said, it's pouring rain out. So you use that to your advantage. Everybody else is miserable. So use that to to, (laughs) use that to beat more people and to push your pace. He didn't. He didn't respond, but I know we read it. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I legitimately like running in the rain. I do too. I do too. As long as it's not cold. Well, see, I like it because it keeps me cold. I'd rather be, I, I run so much easier when it's cold out. Like my heart rate drops by like 10 beats per minute for the same effort. Um, I'm uncomfortable like the entire time. I, that's not super awesome. And I have to be wearing very light clothing cause I don't like being like saturated with water. It just carrying an extra five, 10 pounds. Yeah, that's sucks. Horrible. Yeah. Um, but if I'm racing, my, my, my marathon PR is in a, a rainy day race, just a nice, misty, cool, breezy day. See, I think, one of the times I came very close to hypothermia, it was a training run and it was like a high thirties and it was just over in the West Hartford reservoir, which, you know, was only a couple miles away from my old house. Mm-hmm. So I drove down there, did my run. I don't know. Let's say I was gone for, I don't know, three or four hours. It wasn't particularly long run, but, um, and then the heat was broken in my car at the time it had to be fixed but again, it's only a couple miles back to my house. So it really doesn't make a big difference. So I get back into the car and I'm freezing. Like it's that, that temperature is the worst for me. Cause as soon as I stop, I start to get really cold. So I don't know, takes me five minutes or so to get home. And by the time I pull in my driveway, I'm actually like shivering and shaking. So I'm like, okay, let's just go get these wet clothes off. So I go to, I take my wet clothes off. I go to hop in the shower, hopped in the shower, turned on the water and there was no hot water in my house because everybody had just showered. (laughs) So I'm standing there in the freezing cold water, shivering. Um, it took a while to come back from that. I mean, it, it took a couple hours. It was a comedy of errors, but um, needless to say, that temperature, rainy, high thirties, is the absolute worst for me. Yeah. Are you? Do you have? Do you have rhinoids? Yep, I sure do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's like the thing that like kills yep. me is, it would, even the other day I went out and it was fifty five degrees or whatever, but just I when I stopped and the sun went down and I'm like at my daughter's softball scrimmage, my hands like bright fucking white no no blood flow in them whatsoever and i and it was it was crazy because i touched my daughter's hands and she goes your hands are warmer than mine i go yeah but there's no blood flow in them whatsoever like look at how white they are and she have you, was like, have you always had that um it's got worse as i got older because mine only came on after my cycling crash and i i do get it in my hands it's very rare in my hands but um i get it in my feet like if I, if I, I work out down in my basement, mm-hmm. if I step on my cold basement floor, um, I'll have white patches all over the bottom of my feet. That's enough to trigger it. And I usually won't even know if it's mild. Um, but if I'm outside, if I'm outside exercising, riding or doing something like that, then I just run through it cause it's numb and I don't, and I don't notice, notice. Yeah. but it, but it takes a while to get the, to get the blood flow back in my feet, especially on my right side. So yeah, I don't, I don't run into, I mean, even skiing, I mean, my feet get fucking cold, but it's not the same as like my hands. My hands like just don't function. Like if, if you were to like try and send me a text, it's like, I'm like palming, like, try, like I can't, like, I can't send, I can't text. Um, should I ever get in a serious accident while I'm 
out there and it's cold out, I might be fucked. I won't be able to send a message to anyone. Well, you just use talk, talk to text or you just hit the button, you know, hit that side button five times, which by the way, I did that. I've done that twice. Once at my chiropractor's office <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden my phone starts going, and I was like, Oh God. And, uh, I quickly shut it off. And then once at a lacrosse game, because I'm sitting in those like parent chairs, you know, and they, it has the cup holder and I put my phone in the cup holder. Well, the phone hits right at the very edge of the cup holder. Yep. So it presses that button. So I've, I've done that twice. And you know, what's interesting is frequently as that happens, I've never been, I've never done a nine one one call to somebody oh. that's done that. Usually dispatch catches it before, you know, yeah. before they actually send us out. So I have had that happen and nine one one is like automatically dialed. Right. Or, yeah, I think they are. But so, it has to go through dispatch. So they're usually right. pretty good at filtering. So it. so it happened to me once at the Shelburne Trailhead in in Vermont, like in, in Killington, right across from the Long Trail. Um, and I thought like dialing and I like hung up. And then 911 called back and I was like, I'm so sorry this happened like, cause it, it just, they have to call back. Right. Like it's like the responsibility. So they call back and I, and I was, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just, my phone automatically dialed you. I didn't, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's okay. And they're like, are you sure everything's fine? And they're like asking very specific questions. Like, no, everything's fine. Everything's good making sure that like, I'm not like a domestic abuse case or whatever they, whatever may be the issue. Um, and I think, I mean, they, they didn't press it too hard and they let it go. But yeah, I've had that happen to me where I've automatically dialed emergency services. I can't imagine how much, how frequently dispatch has to filter out, filter out that stuff, but oh, well, that's why they do their awesome job. So yeah. They, um, I like I like the recordings that occasionally you'll hear. I'm not sure if they're legitimate, but of people calling dispatch like drunk and being like, I'm reporting an emergency. My boyfriend's an asshole. And they're like, dispatch is like, oh, well, what's going on? And like, he left me at Arby's and I need him arrested. And they're like, fucking goes off like the rails from that point forward. That's why I couldn't, I could never do that job. I mean, I, I would not be able to handle it. I mean, I can respond to those calls, um, but I could never be able to keep my cool in that in that situation. I, yeah. Yeah. So we'll cross that off my list of future careers. So this, what I was trying to do this morning is I'm trying to plan out my summer. Have you planned out your summer yet? And does it seem like a really old person thing to do to be trying to plan out my summer when it's still April? Like your summer specific to race events or like your summer, including like where your kids are going, what you're doing as a family, like all that. Y stuff. Yes. Everything. Okay. I act and I actually, cause the main impetus for me doing this is I don't want to wait too long because I got to be able to get my kids into summer camp. Right. And well, actually I get one kid into summer camp and my other daughter works at the same camp. So she just has to tell them her availability, but yeah, I'm trying to like take all my races, all my adventures, um, plan family vacation, plan, plan my kids camp, plan my daughter's surf camp. And it's April. Yeah. It's April. I think, I think that's super fucking normal at this point. Yeah. Um, un unfortunately, like I, like you're saying, you have to like figure out what camps they can get into and you can't get it. If you wait too long, the camps are sold out, mm -hmm. um, which I've done before, by the way, more than yeah. once. And so we, we, I think Carrie this week was looking at different camps to get Finn into, um, some programming camps, like computer mm -hmm. programming stuff. And, um, he doesn't want to do, so we used to do like full day, um, I don't know, like traditional style camp, not overnight camp, but like where they would do like maybe like go to the pond in the morning and then ride bikes in the afternoon and have lunch and out, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they 
both dislike that. Fee, I think, will volunteer um, at the pool to help the, the little kids swim. And then there's some art camps that she wants to do, which are like half day or few hour things. Um, and then I don't know what else we're going to end up sticking Finn in. Well, and we, uh, well, so we're planning family vacations this year. And one of the family vacations that I'm trying to plan is a week um, in Acadia. Mm-hmm. Now, the last time we, we had tried to do this, but this was the year that, um, that I crashed my bike and I was in a hospital bed. So needless to say, we weren't going to Acadia camping, but it is so hard to book Acadia. Um, it's comparable. So those listening that are old enough will understand it's like getting concert tickets like back in the nineties. Okay. <laughs> it is, and I, I have to refresh it every day. They only release certain, um, they, they only release campsites on certain days. There's different campgrounds. They release those. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to it, but pretty much every day I'm signing on to try to, to just try to get a week in that yeah. campground. Um, what they, about, what about staying outside somewhere like in Bar Harbor or something like that? Like, can't yeah, you? no, we want to, I want to actually be in the campground because mm-hmm. it's, it's a pretty cool campground. I mean, it's, it's really worth it. I mean, you have the, you know, you have the oceans, you have, you have the ocean oceans. Um, you have the ocean, um, you know, you have the mountains. There's a lot of stuff to do there. So you got, you got Frank Ocean and Billy Ocean and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess your version of of camping with the freaking giant uh, toe behind is probably not that well. Well, what we do awful. in, in Acadia is that Acadia is different because there's no um, there's no power. There's just water. So um, so we'll set up the, we'll set up the camper, but then we always set up tents outside of the camper just because a week is a long time to be in a, you know, in a camper with, with four people. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we set up the tents and if, you know, if it's rainy or something, you know, people sleep inside or, you know, or they, you know, they can go outside. It's whatever you want to do, but there's water, but no power, which is yeah. fine. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. But you guys, um, you guys have a gen for that. And like, we do. and we you're, do. And your refrigerator runs off of propane, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's camping with a camper is really nice because for years, I mean, you know, camping with kids, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, camping, you know, with adults is a lot of work also, but with kids, it's even worse. Um, and it was just never enjoyable for us. So this is the nice, this is the nice middle ground. Um, but... I'm still trying to get a spot. Um, so every day I'm on, I'm on those, those, um, you know, rec.gov hit and refresh trying to get it, but I don't know. I don't know if we will. Fingers yeah, crossed for you, well, Megan. And that's the thing that's like planning summer travel. If you're going to any state parks, you have to do it way in advance for reservations, at yeah. least for, you know, st- or state or, you know, um, national parks because they fill up so quickly. Um, so yeah, so I'm trying and it makes me feel like way too much of a grown up trying to plan the, trying to plan the summer while it's still April, but yeah, I mean, my summer starts getting planned right. Like in December, cause that's when for me, race lotteries Mm -hmm. start to get dictated and then Mm -hmm. all that starts to predicate upon, well, where, where I'll be in my training, right? Just mm-hmm. that aspect of things. Yep. And then we look at where the kids are at school and then what camps as like the, the, the progression towards summer comes like, it's like what camps are available, where, where are we going to throw extra vacation? And now that I don't have a rotating schedule where I have eight mm-hmm. day blocks off, like I only have so many weeks of vacation. So how do, how do we, pick those weeks we pick full weeks we pick long weekends like and so we're looking at like going down and because i was stationed in virginia beach for so long we have we still have a lot of friends down there so we're looking to go down and spend either like a a really long weekend down in virginia beach or maybe the week we're unsure um Mm -hmm. but we got you know western states and so we have that was like the first thing and then trying to figure out what we're doing with that and we built a week on 
after that to visit Carrie's sister out there. And then, yeah, then it's like, well, the kids will be in camp at this time. And so yeah. this is, yeah, the, the other issue that I'm running into is my daughter goes to surf camp and surf camp start time depends on the tide. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I was actually looking at all the surf camps and, and it can change, you know, I mean, you can predict, you know, you can predict, you know, within 15 minutes, you know, it's, but, um, so I'm trying to look at, look at the surf camp, the start times and it, you know, it, it's always, you know, it's always going to change. So, yeah. So that's another. It doesn't so matter. I, Bill's work schedule is going to fuck it all up. His travel schedule, you're going to have everything planned and then. <sighs> I know. I know. I try. I try, but I got to say, he's the, he's the work at, cause he works from home. So he ends up now taking the brunt of the, you know, got to get the kid to the eye doctor or the dog to the vet. He, he's the one that does that most of the time because my hours are so weird. So. Yeah. yeah. I lived like that for a long time with the weird hours. I mean, mm -hmm. Carrie still works at home and like I said, still take shoulders the brunt of most of that planning, but. Yeah. It's what it is. I know. I know. And then I have a couple races that I'm, you know, wait, I'm registered for a few, but then others I'm on like wait lists and stuff for. So I don't know. Feels like it just feels like too much. Yeah. I ran but, with a, I ran with a couple buddies that are on wait list. One of them hasn't started training and <laughs> it's a, it's the best. That'll get, that'll guarantee he gets picked. Well, so he's still, I think he was, he's like, Oh, I'm like, he started off. 120th on the wait list or whatever um back in january and he's like oh i'm like 72 and i was so i went on i was like no you're like 52 55 something like that and he's like he's like oh amy's list still has me at 77 and i was like no i'd like went on run reg and you're like way up there now you're 55 and then i guess uh amy sent out an email saying essentially if you're on the wait list right now and you don't want to run, just pull your name off the wait list because probably everyone on the wait list is getting in. Yep. And he's that's like, what happens when you don't train. And he's <laughs> like, call you. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, shit, I guess I gotta start training. So he came yeah. out and ran ran long with us yesterday. Um Sam's daughter for Western States is like four away from getting picked, but she's been nice. training. Yeah. So me and Sam will probably be out there together. That'll be little, fun. Little endurance now. I was gonna say Western you guys States should. Party. You guys should do a. You guys should do like a podcast record or something while you're out there. Oh, you know we're not gonna do that, Megan. Oh come on, it'll be good. Everybody want to hear that. So, but yeah, so we got so that wait lists are starting to drop. I that I think would be really really hard because you're. You're planning on something that may or may not happen, mm -hmm. and you have to you have to schedule that block in. And for something like going out to Western States, you're you're making legit arrangements like air travel. Yes, you got to find a place to stay and all stay that and yeah. all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess if you don't book plane tickets, aside from the the, the places to stay, usually have if you pick ones that have cancellation policies, you're probably okay. But that's a, that's a bold commitment to well, make to be on a wait list. This sort of bumps up against what we were talking about last time we recorded about race planning. Mm -hmm. This is, this is often the hardest part. You know, I say, you know, just train schedule, like you're going to be in it, get travel insurance so you can cancel, read the fine print, because sometimes even with travel insurance, you still can't cancel. Yeah. Um, or get refundable bookings and plan like you're going. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's literally what you got to do. Mm -hmm. um, Otherwise, it's just too stressful. Yeah, and you and if you're in it for if you're in the sport for the enjoyment of the sport, it doesn't matter if you're training and the event doesn't happen because you mm -hmm. do it. Not like the idea that we do this for the race or we do this for some swag at the race or some fucking kudos for doing the race is ridiculous. You do mm -hmm. it for the, 
everyday training and everyday benefit of it. And if that's right. if that's not part of your why, mm-hmm. then you probably should look elsewhere. So when I was training for the um, 888, I remember seeing our friend John Spelko at, uh, at the Trap Rock race that you just talked about that you did two weeks ago, right? Two weeks yep. ago? Yeah, a week ago. And, yeah. Boy, my time, my sense of time is screwed up. But anyway, so I saw him and I said, oh, I said, you know, are you doing the 888 this year? And he said, and he said, yes. And, and John is, John is in his seventies and probably one of the best hikers that we know. I mean, he'll drop anybody on a hill. <laughs> He's, he is killer. Um, he is killer when he climbs. Um, anyway, I said to him, I go, so what are you doing to train? He goes, nothing different. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, you know, I run and climb every day. And then I go out in my yard and work all day. And yeah, that's what I do. He goes, I pretty much do that year round. <laughs> so, so it was, but it was a great insight as to somebody that's completely healthy, still killing it. Um, and now he's in his, he's gotta be mid to late seventies, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's, again, just a phenomenal, phenomenal hiker. Um, and he does it every single day. It's just his routine rests when he's tired, eats when he needs to eat. And I know he take a, takes a break after infinitus every year, goes to Florida, sits by the pool and, and otherwise starts again, you know, so there's something to be said for just doing this as a lifestyle rather than, Oh, I have to get these miles in. Oh, I have to do this. I got to make sure I do this. Um, and, and I've seen that a lot with some of the older athletes I've trained. The the healthier they are, it's typically just because it's their lifestyle and that's how they live. Yeah, there was um, – they interviewed – I don't remember where I heard it. Um, but there was an interview with a gentleman that had come in third or fourth at Cruel Jewel in Georgia. And if you're not familiar with Cruel Jewel, it is a mountainous fucking – killer 100 mile race and they interviewed him after the race because they put a post out there like who finished this race with training less than 50 miles per week and he was one of those guys he's like he's like i don't i rarely go over 50 miles a week in my running volume he's like you know there might be like weeks where i hike a little more but i work a farm and i just work all day long Mm -hmm. like being physical all day long. And he was in, he was a Navy SEAL. So there's a lot of mental fortitude that exists in there, but you don't need, I mean, some people do need high, right? Like every, every athlete's individual and they're what they respond to best, uh, is, is variable, right? At, at, at the easiest way to say is variable. So like with any athlete, what they need may differ but i think what you can see is that overall activity will benefit you whereas just specific if you're if you're just trying to cycle every time like training break whatever it it's not necessarily what's going to be most beneficial so you have to enjoy Mm -hmm. the entirety of of the training block. Right. And this summer I do have, I do have a couple races, but I have more adventures planned mm-hmm. than races, adventures, outings, um, you know, just riding my bike longer distances. I have a lot of, and actually it's on my to-do list today. Um, planning out my hikes, you know, over the next couple months. Um, yeah. And the good thing about those adventures is there's absolutely no pressure you know, if I wake up and it's a day like today and I'm supposed to go hike or, you know, a relatively sketchy route, I'll be like, hey, you know, we can, we can wait till tomorrow <laughs> when, it's, when it's not raining. Um, that's the night. That's the nice part about that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. That's I've often wondered when the drive to compete will not be there, but the will to go out and explore still exists. Like part of, part of what I do, right? Like the races I choose, I don't choose 
I don't race a ton first off, right? Like there's, I know guys that race freaking twice a month, maybe once a week, whatever. I, I, there's a lot of my friends that race very frequently and a lot of local races and support that kind of thing, varying distances. Um, but a lot of my races, I'll pick like, you know, two or three big races a year that travel somewhere, go explore something that I haven't been to. And that's kind of part of how I dictate what I want to do race wise is the adventure aspect of it, the exploration side of it. And then, you know, I might, this is the first time trading cycle that I've been able to pepper in actual local races. It's, it's, it's a different animal to me. I, I, I would race twice a year, maybe three times a year prior. And this year I'm like, Oh, well I can do this and this, and I can race like an extra couple races here. I mean like trap rock, I haven't done in 10 years. And the last time Mm -hmm. I did it, it was one of my like bigger races for the year, you know? See, I still have a drive to compete, but the reason I am doing more adventures than races is just because my last surgery was, was it was actually a year ago, actually is a year ago. Yeah. A year ago now. And then after that surgery, um, because I did not put any weight on my right leg for three and a half months, I had osteoporosis from the knee down. So I had to be really, really careful. The rehab after, you know, getting the external fixator off was very, um, was very specific. So, so anyway, so it's just, there's no benefit. There's no benefit to me pushing it right now. So all the races that I chose are things that I know I can do. Um, not it's it, the shorter races where I'll actually just, and I say shorter, meaning under 50 miles, um, where I get to just use a little bit of speed and use my hill climbing abilities. Um, all of my adventures are typically, I don't know, hundred miles and hundred miles and higher. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, even, and that's, that's on the bike with hiking, all of my hiking this, you know, this season will be, will be in the whites in New Hampshire, but I have an attitude going into the whites. Like you get what you get and you don't get upset. (laughs) If, if you go up there and it turns bad and you can't make a summit. Okay. (laughs) That's it. I mean, I'd rather do that than be somebody that has to get rescued. Um, I never, ever, ever want to get rescued up there and the weather changes so quickly and stuff can happen even in the summer. So I have this sort of lackadaisical attitude and, and even when people come with me or I go with them hiking the whites, I'm like, look, we can stay together. You can hike your pace. I can hike my pace. I sort of set expectations beforehand because if you, like if you and I were going to do the whites, let's say you wanted to run a summit and I'm just going to like hike it or fast pack it. I'd be like, okay, cool. Um, I will see you at the top. You know, let's, let's plan on meeting at this time and, you know, go from there. I don't, it's, it's always, it's always flexible. And I say expectations and the expectations are if for some reason it's, it's horrible or weather turns bad turning around so yeah i was just talking to right we're kind of talking about training blocks here and and how that works out and i was talking to one of my buddies he's coming into his taper for his marathon and he's been working really hard i i've legitimately seen he i don't don't coach him um he's not coached by us he's coached by a different uh person um but i've seen like in a an incredible progression in him in the speed, very specific to running for a marathon. Um, and I was talking to him the other day, we went out for just a casual taper run and he was like, he's like, I like, I so miss going out on the trails and running with just my buddies, like everything. He's like, just where it's like, just cause everyone, everyone's doing different stuff and this. And he's like, and I just missed that. And I was like, Mm. that is like, if you're working, one of the things is, is like, if you have a goal and you're working with somebody and you have a training plan, there is right. Like your percentage of time in Mm -hmm. training 
alone yep. is way, way more than it is if you're like, oh, I'm just casually going out and like, exactly. um, and so like, it was, it was funny to hear that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, I've, and I've worked with me personally, I've worked with coaches probably, I would say about 50% of my training. And so having worked with coaches, 50% of my training, there's, I spend a ton of time training alone. And so I was like, dude, I get that. Like, it's nice to have that reprieve where you can like go out and like goof around with your friends and do that. And so like taking those, those breaks from that, like intense focus training and being able to like goof around and, and have fun and still back to that, like whole active lifestyle, still be able to get out and, you know, maybe compete in an event or go out and, and do a, do a hundred miler or, you know, a 50 miler or 50 K or whatever, whatever race you have, like is, is awesome. You know what I do sometimes with, with those athletes that are very, very scheduled and training for something specific is, you know, I have build weeks, you know, yep. where I'm building for a couple of weeks, then I have a recovery week and the recovery week, just to be clear, is not somebody sitting on the couch. It's just a step back from what they were doing a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, during that recovery week, what I sometimes will give them is I'll write free day, your choice. <laughs> so, and I think I actually just gave this to one of my athletes and, and I wrote, okay, you know, go out, have fun, not too hard, you know, max, you know, I'll give them a max, you know, max this many hours, you know, this, but putting in that free day for them. And I, you know, and also I'll often say, if you need the second day off and you just want to, you know, you just want to stay home and, you know, get some stuff done, that's okay too. But I occasionally give people those days so they can just, you know, get out and do whatever it is they need to do. Yeah. Especially on a recovery week. There's definitely some importance in autonomy with the athlete, like with Mm -hmm. the athlete you're coaching, they have to have they have to feel that they have some control mm-hmm. over their yeah. training plan, right? Like, yeah. and, and don't get me, they do have control over the training plan in, in a lot of regards. Um, I mean, they can always just not fucking do it, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like to give the same thing. I like to give my athletes some autonomy, like, Hey, listen, like this is what you got this week. And I know, you know, we talked to Sam and his, the way his coach works it with him is that it's like, Hey, this is your a workout mm-hmm. for the week. This is your yep. B workout for the week. These are the other workouts that are scheduled. Make sure your A and your B aren't too close together. Exactly. Kind of, kind of feel it out for the rest of how you feel. And, and that is my training right now. That is, I'm training, I'm training Sam Farnsworth style. It, you know, I have my key workouts. I know what, I know what I need to do. Um, And then I have to give myself flexibility because, you know, I could work, um, and get home and be totally fine. Or I could work and it's an absolutely exhausting day and I can't get stuff done or, um, yeah. Yeah. And just allowing myself that flexibility is what does my body need? Especially if I'm working out like pre-dawn, um, it's hard to wake up sometimes and, you know, do a killer strength workout when I've only slept a couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, that is the style that I'm, I wouldn't even call it training right now. Um, it's just how my lifestyle is, I suppose. Um, I'm excited to get, I'm excited to get outside, um, on my bike. I still, I could, some of our trails are still kind of funky, you know, and ice covered and, and a little bit slippery, but, um, you know, I think probably by, you know, by next week or the following, it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome to come down here other than, like I said, this torrential downpour, this since last night, the trails have been bone dry, like hmm. really, really, really dry. Arguably it's very drought like around here. No, um, no residual ice. Any of that? Don't be, <laughs> every, yeah. Everything around here has been melted for, for oh, a month yeah. now. No, no, we're not, we don't, we're not even in mud season anymore. It's like normal freaking springs. I mean, if we get a ton of rain, it'll change, but yeah. And up in the whites, a number of the trails are still, I don't even know what to call it. You know, when it's like just all frozen mishmash yeah. that there's, you, you, you're not post holing, you're not 
running, you're not using spikes and you can't use snowshoes. <laughs> like you just, you just have to deal with it. Um, yeah. so yeah, I've been so, watching, I've been watching the trail count drop at Killington every fucking day. It's just like the number of trails drop off pretty significantly. I think with this rain here, it'll, it'll be a pretty aggressive, aggressive trail count drop. Yeah. Um, Tis the season. It's okay. It'll dry yeah. out soon. And then mm-hmm. I can run all the trails. I was going to say, yeah, or bike them. Yeah. And the biking season, well, I won't be on my bike till after Western States. That's probably that's probably a smart idea. <laughs> For me, it certainly is. Yeah. So, yeah, I was talking to um, a buddy last night, and he's like, and he's, I think he's 10, 10 years older than me, give or take. Um, he's like, I'm too old to like do all those jumps and drops and this, that, the other. It's like, it's all I want to do. It's like what I like. It's like if I fall and hurt myself. As long as I don't have anything on the agenda, it is what it is. That's kind but of the see, way it you happens. can say that because you've never really fallen and hurt yourself, right? As a person who's really fallen and hurt herself, um, it's a game changer once you've done it. Um, you don't know how bad it can actually be, and I hope you will never know how bad it can actually be. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's one thing if you just, you know, if you just miss and get banged up and get a little bit of road rash, but when you have serious injuries or breaks or surgeries, that's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully I never break my back or anything, but I mean, if I've broken ribs, like collarbones, whatever, mm-hmm. like it happens. Well, see, and I, I'd done all that, you know, prior to, prior to my crash, um, yeah, little, little bits here and there, you know, ribs, road rash, you know, banged my head a number of times. I always have a helmet on. Um, but yeah. Oh, dude, I fucking hit my head so hard yesterday trail running. <laughs> there was, I don't know why it, it happens. And if there's any arborist that listens to this <laughs> podcast and want to fucking point this out, like why it happens the and it's not and so the trees start to dip lower this time of year mm-hmm. around here and it's not because of the leaves because this is the pine trees a lot of times they start to dip lower and i'm not sure if it's so a sap thing or whatever it is looking and ran into a tree no so what <laughs> happened was listen let, let me tell a story megan before you okay. start jumping to conclusions here all right yeah okay okay go so ahead there go was ahead, there were some branches that were dipping down and we're in a line of four people and I'm three back. And so I was kind of following the person in front of me pretty close. And I made a move to avoid the branches and I wear a hat and my visor covered up a tree that was, that was tilted and down. It was a down tree, but it was like still off the ground. And I fucking hit my head so hard on it. It knocked my hat off, almost knocked me to the ground. And I went down to pick up my hat and like stumbled three times. I legitimately gave myself a concussion on this road. So, so you basically weren't looking and hit your head on a low tree branch. I was avoiding a tree branch and hit myself on a down tree. So you weren't looking <laughs> and hit your head on a low tree branch. Megan, Megan, Megan. This is when you. This is when you got to go. God damn it, Megan! <laughs> that thing you do. Do that. Do that. God damn it, Megan! <laughs> I will not. I will not appease you with my God damn it, Megan. What the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know that I was jumping to wrong conclusions. I might have jumped to a correct conclusion, but yeah. Watch out, think, for, watch out for tree branches, people. You got to keep your eyes open. I think you jumped to an incorrect conclusion. Oh, I was totally correct. You weren't looking and hit your head on a low branch. I was avoiding a branch <laughs> and hit my head on a tree. On another. <laughs> Isn't a branch and a tree? I mean, technically the same thing. They're both wood. So it was a low. No, they are not wood. the same. 
<laughs> Either way, you weren't looking and it hit your head on wood. Well, I was looking. I just couldn't see it. Because <laughs> you weren't looking because your hat was in the way. But it doesn't mean I wasn't looking. It's not like I was like staring off into space and fucking whatever. Well, you clearly weren't looking because you hit your head on it. Oh, if you were fucking looking, Jesus you would Christ. Yeah. God damn it, Megan. Oh. This is like having an argument with my daughter. <laughs> well, is she right? Because, you know. I don't know what's wrong with you women. Well, apparently we look and don't hit our head on low tree branches. So I don't know if there's anything wrong. But oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> God. Damn it, Sean. <laughs> Sean, there's nothing wrong with women except that there's actually probably something right about it. And I'm pointing out what you didn't see because you weren't looking and hit your head on a tree branch. And now you're concussed and your judgment is even less than it normally is. Dude, I stumbled so hard picking up my hat, too. It was awesome. OK, and just just so you know, I don't know that. I've had, I think riding my bike, um, like when I'm mountain biking, I think I've gotten a tree branch in the helmet. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm like whipping around corners and I try to duck and, and don't make it. Um, but I had my helmet on and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I'm glad I had my helmet on. <laughs> so I've taken, I've taken the, pers- the person behind you must've got a really good laugh with you, with the stumble and you trying to pick up your hat. Everyone, it was I stumbled hard enough, Megan, that everyone was like, uh, there's, there's a, like, you could see the look in people's eyes of like, fuck, did he hear himself real bad? Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. When I was racing in Oregon, Washington, and it was in the middle of the night, I think I was running, I was running with a, a guy in front of me and a guy in back of me. So middle of the night, um, pouring rain, we can't, you know, we can't see anything just because the tree cover is so thick. And I caught my toe on a rock on a downhill and sort of did a somersault flip. However, I did the flip and I landed on the trail, but I landed off on the side of the trail on a massive pile of moss. (laughs) So, so the guy behind me goes, Whoa, are you okay? And I actually laid there for a second and I said, yeah, I really am. It's like I landed on a big cushion. (laughs) (laughs) And I got up and I was totally fine. And the two guys that were near me are like, wow, you were really lucky. I was like, yeah, the moss is really soft. (laughs) So, so if you're going to, if you're going to do a flip on the trail, land, land on the moss. Yeah. We, um, there was a couple more casualties on the run yesterday. One guy, so it was a little, it was misty out and a little moist. He slipped on a down tree and spun around it in a way that there's like, it was a down tree that had all the, the freaking branches broken off and like essentially were giant spikes. And, oh, yeah. And wedged himself in a way that missed impaling himself on freaking every spiky branch. It was like, you're like, shit, like that sucks that you fell, but like you fell in the best way possible. I'm sure. Oh my God. If he could have gotten staked. Yep. And then Matt later on, we were running back. It was just me. It was just me and him at that point. Freaking towed, towed a rock and fucking went down. It almost like face planted on a whole bunch of other rocks and just kind of, kind of like tweaked his hips and his back in a weird way. It's like everything that landed feels way better than everything that just hurts because I'm old. And so, <laughs> so we were all, all pretty beat up on that, on that run there. And that's, that was okay. So was something, something really stupid happened. I was out with my dogs on the trail and I have one dog who absolutely loves the water and she will go through anything, any disgusting swamp river. She didn't care. The other dog is a complete prima donna and will not get wet. So, I tend to take the route with the prima donna dog and, you know, scooch around the dry spot. She, this dog's on my, in my right hand on the leash. My other dog just goes right through the water. Well, there's a giant tree 
right in front of me. And the two dogs pull me in opposite directions. And I went face first into a giant tree. Ooh. And I was just sitting there hugging the tree. Now, I didn't get hurt because we were going slow enough. Like, <laughs> but needless to say, I have one arm to the right, one arm to the left. And my face is like up against a tree. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys. <laughs> so, and then I also did, I also towed a rock. And you know when you tow a rock, but you catch yourself? Yes. And you're like, and it like contorts your body in such a weird way that it probably would have been easier if I had just fallen. <laughs> so, and, um, uh, and then I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm glad. And, and actually when I towed the rock, I was probably like a quarter mile from finishing. Um, so like, what the heck? <laughs> My dogs are like, what's the matter? Why you stopped? I'm like, okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, dogs are the worst. <laughs> uh, they, keep, they keep it fun. They keep, I mean, honestly, when, I, when I'm out there with them, that it makes the time go by so much faster. Yeah. My, um, we were at some gathering yesterday after my daughter's softball game with a bunch of other softball parents. My wife's like, Sean hates dogs. And I was like, I don't fucking hate dogs. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. old man. I don't. I don't hate dogs. I just don't want the responsibility of owning a dog. Like, Cause, you're, Cause you're a grumpy old man. No, it's just cause they're like, where are you going to go on vacation? Oh, what are we going to do with the dog? We're going to go away for two days. What are we going to do with the dog? Is that, is that how you, is that how you talk? Dude, you're planning. Oh, fuck. It's the worst. Every time, every time I'm like, Hey, you guys want to come up to Vermont for two days, my friends that have dogs. They're like, oh, well, we got to figure out what we're going to do with the dog. Can we bring the dog up to Vermont? And I'm like, ugh. This is, this is how I got to talk about my dog. Got to talk about my dog because I'm I'll dopey. Take it, I'll take it on the trail with my dog. Dopey, and, dopey and they, the dog. They, they pulled me into a twee. Exactly. See, there you go. Now you, you understand. <laughs> oh, fucking. Fucking well, it, On that what, note. We both chose a song to end with together that we both absolutely love. We agreed on. Usually you choose a song. I choose a song or our guest chooses a song. We both chose this song. So this is, this is good. It's like meeting of the minds and who else, but Johnny Cash, our man in black just fosters that meeting of the minds. Bring us homes home with some Folsom prison blues. Amen. I miss Johnny Cash. I really do. So on that, on that sad note, Sean, we'll, we'll listen to some Johnny Cash. Our With man our in black. Fingers up. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I need to get that picture for my office. I think I'm going to get that. I'm going to frame that picture for my office. Awesome. All right, Meg, I go. will talk to you later. All right. Bye, Sean. Sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom prison and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and There's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars Well, I know I had it coming I know I can't be free But those people keep a moving And 